Blog Talk Radio. Mozart, 
The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to run, but they medulla, they sharp, man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off, they need so long. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, 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 peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. You are now rocking with the best. Yes, this is your host for the evening, Brother Red Pill. Soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Blue Pill. Brother Blue, if you're ready for me to open your lines, just press 1 and I will oblige. All right, shout out to all of the family that's in the building. Make yourselves comfortable. Chat room is open. Um. Yeah, and we're here on a very special episode tonight, all right? So, um, yeah, we'll be in the building, all right? And then we will proceed. In the meantime, while we wait for him, do me a favor to all of the family that's listening and for the family that's in the chat room as well, if you can share the uh the episode on your social networks, whether it be Instagram, take a shot of the screen, uh Facebook, share the link, Twitter, share the tweet, you know, get it out there, let a friend know a friend that uh know the ledge is broadcasting and we have a very special episode tonight honoring the matriarch, the oracle, our sister, our umi, our mother, our oracle. Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. Okay. Without any further ado, call it from the 347-273. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. Peace, peace. Peace to you and yours. This is Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. Yes. This is your host, Upil. I'm fired up, ready to go. Oh, that's what's up. It's wonderful. That's what it is. Pick yeah. it up indeed. a little yes, bit. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. This should be, this should be a celebration of a legacy that, you know, towering legacy nonetheless, but it just gives us a clear indicator of what dedication and hard work, you know, can actually leave. You know what I'm saying? In regards to when you pass this physical plane, you leave behind something so rich, Trevor Trove, of your work. You know what I'm saying? A testament to the service that you have served on this planet of this lifetime. Poison. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to 
I'm not going to lie. It is a somber time. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's, uh, we, are, we are in a celebratory mood. We are here to celebrate. We are here to honor. We are here to um, be vanguards of a legacy, you know, that is um, very strong. You know what I'm saying? We must be wary of those amongst us who threaten to tarnish that legacy and also who threaten to um, disrespect what it is that um, our dear elder has done for us. You know, especially in a time such as this, when the works that she put forth, the ISIS papers, is basically a Bible. You know, due to the fact that the reason why I attained such a status is because of the forecasting and the prophetic um the prophetic information that's, I mean, that's within those pages. As is the case with you know, her magnum opus as well as a lot of other of our luminaries' works, they turn on the lights and they expose a lot of things before they even get here. The people that arrive in that space that she already called out that X that she marked in the future, and she'd be like, look, and they jump on that X, you know, they're going to feel victimized when it shouldn't be a situation where it's personal. They are just as much of the victims of the system that she's talking about, facts, you know, as well as anything else. The problem that, you know, they have created a culture out of that at this particular point. There is a, um, you know, I don't want to use that analogy. I don't want to be disrespectful. But um, because I got analogies for days, but the groups of people found pride in what it is that they do and how they go about doing it, and they have to create an air of normalcy around it, you know what I'm saying, in order for them to operate in a society that at one time, you know what I'm saying, like how the X-Men show you in the cartoons and, and, and the movies and shit, you know what I'm saying? Our society was once on witch hunts for X-Men and mutants, you know what I mean? So, you know, these particular individuals themselves in that same climate and tides have turned, you know, social, political, where we're full agenda mm-hmm. and nearly full of talks about saying the systemic white supremacy that overarchs all nine areas of activity on this planet. Economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. Okay? So it's, it's, it's pervasive. You know what I mean? And it has affected all corridors of society. And you have people within that system that are victims of that system that are defending that system or they're defending the victim aspect of that. They can't even see the forest for the trees. So, of course, they're going to take exception to what's being said because, you know, the continuance of her work is not being done to the degree to catch nobody's hand in the cookie jar and see, look, this food is what's causing X, Y, and Z. These environmental factors are adding to this. They're like, no, I was born this way. Mm-hmm. Prideful. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm banging back. Pause. So. Double pause. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, you're gonna you're gonna get that that level of um, you know, pushback um, in regards to the work that she left. You know, everybody's looking to point the finger in these days. You know what I'm saying? Everyone is looking to crash someone's party. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No one is going to, to be attributed, yeah, the right for full-scale celebration. For everything is going to be a counter. You know what I'm saying? We live in a contrapositive reality in a society. You know what I'm saying? It's juxtaposed and not just dualities, but now dualities are always clashing. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you can identify where we're at and what we're moving into. Yes, sign you of know, the times. Uh, hmm? Sign of the times. Yeah, the, the trick of it all, you know what I'm saying, is not to get caught up in it. We, we did a show on Friday that to me, so we saw this weekend, and I guess to what we're going to see thus forth. You know what I'm saying? They spoke mm-hmm. to it expertly. You know, the cosmos, the ancestors. This 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 thing that we keep speaking on and when it shows up we we, we don't see it. You know what I'm saying? We can't identify it when when it makes itself known. It goes out the window and everyone starts grasping for straws for other explanations. Bugs me out. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. Hmm. You know, but again, I understand. We are a people who have been totally displaced, you know, don't have an identity, living in contrapositive realities, you know what I'm saying, who are in love with terms and concepts, but not the applicable nature of those particular concepts, which would yield you the knowledge, you know, the knowing of them. The results. You wouldn't even have mm-hmm. to speak on them. Yeah, the results. Like, you would just be those things. And people from a forward point and be like, oh, that's what that is. But the etymology of what it is and new ways to write what it is is what people get into. You know what I'm saying? The fanciness of all of that. Mm-hmm. But being that thing, you know, being locked in that mold, grinding that out, stinking that space up, we 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 we're not interested in that. And when I say we, I'm talking about you know the collective. You know what I'm saying? Collective, man. Mm, indeed, the good old collective. You know, I I I, I had a very um, eventful. Weekend, and I, I had the ability to experience the, the the phenomena of all of these situations manifesting themselves. My model always been what there's no separation. You know what I'm saying? I see the mm-hmm. continuous thread in all things because what I have been acclimated that way because of the law of 44. I'm able to see the thread in all things. I think that. There's no disconnect. Everything's connected. You just can't see the thread. You can't see the strings. 
right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to my brother Brian. You got to know the knot theory before you get to the strings theory. Hmm. So niggas is talking about they metaphysicians, and they haven't even covered the physics yet. They haven't mastered physics. You know? Mm-hmm. They're not thinking in totality, man. They're not using both hemispheres, you know what I'm saying? And and taking all things and just entertaining two juxtaposing concepts and seeing the electrical synergy between both of them. You have to have an electrical ability to do those things. And because of the diet and because of the environment, people are not. So everything is what? An opposing dichotomy to one another. You know what I'm saying? Look what they're doing in Oregon. If they were black, they couldn't get away with that. That's the only thing they could see. The only thing. That's the only thing. The the victimhood. Trying to compare themselves to a people that the day before they said that they weren't anything alike. Like, we're not the same. Or they were subhuman. They're subhuman. The animals, they don't have spirit. Yeah. They 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 come from Neanderthals. Shit, they're not even coming from monkeys. They're coming from Neanderthals and this, that, and the other. But a Neanderthal descendant is showing you their heart. Then you as a collective, and they found something they're willing to die for, so now they have the right to live. You know what I'm saying? You can't come alive right. until you find something to die for, and that's not the concept of one being suicidal. That's transcending fear, which is what our ancestors were always about. Mm-hmm. The creation processes were for you to get out of the fear of death because you can't live if you can't live to die. Facts. It cancels it out. Yeah, it's a wrap. But we are dealing with and, and the uh, emotional state that you found people in passing of our system instead of rejoicing instead of looking at the writing on the wall and saying well look she may transition when you know the earth was perfectly aligned to Sirius shout out to the priesthood putting that video out you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and reconstituting the understanding of what exactly this quote unquote new year means see these niggas want to talk that thing about Sirius and the cosmos and everything you know, but they want to be so surface with everything else. You know what I'm saying? Not cosmic in their realities. What applies to that? You know what I'm saying? If you're aligning yourself to that particular principle, what else about that cosmology do you follow every day? You know what I'm saying? Right. Shout out to KT. He brought the food over, the the the, the, the pollo and hope I'm pronouncing it right, what were those people's funerary processes? What were those people's dietary processes? Right. What were their mother's names? Right. <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's parcel, it's, it's, it's part and parcel conscious. I'm going to take a piece of this because it sounds fly. I'm going to take a piece of this because it sounds fly. Mix this over with this because that looks good. You know what I'm saying? But what about the totality of it? You know what I'm saying? What about activating all points of it? You know what I'm saying? To actually be that thing. 
and being steeped in it, that even if it don't work for you this year, you 10 years in, you're still on it. Because what are the alternatives? You want to try this shit out? No? I don't want my mama to be in the morgue. I don't want my mama to be on the operation table. I don't want my mama to be buried in the church. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I don't want my mama right. to be in one of these cemeteries. I don't want that. So I got to work three times as hard to create a reality where we can do for self all the way from the cradle to the grave. Your checkout is the most important part of life. How you transcend. Those 72 hours after your transcendence will be the determining factor for your eternity. That's what the ancestors said. You got to properly prepare the body. This is a ritual, a time honored tradition. You know? Mm-hmm. How did they do it in the Moorish Empire? I want to know all of these things. It's no longer just going to be enough buried, to say, you, yeah, this is what buried before three days. That's how mm-hmm. they did it. You was buried within 72 hours. Right. So this 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 is imperative, you know, that if we're going to be about it, we have to be all the way about it. You know what I'm saying? We have to usher in a new paradigm of taking it from the cradle to the grave without compromising, you know? And you got every right to do some new things. That's your right. There's new light that's hitting this planet. Hey. Mm-hmm. And there's a barrage of it coming by way of the galactic center after the 4.4 years after 2012. Shout out to our brother A.A. Rashid. So, yes, this, this is a new day. There's new ways, but the time honored traditions are still to be honored. You know what I'm saying? And um, like Neely Fuller said, you know, instead of just a celebration, let it be education. Let it be a, a education, he said, a combination of both. So this is what tonight's program is, education, one part of education, one part celebration of the life and the legacy of one of our giants, a matriarch for the masses, yearning to free, okay? The hub message is, is, is important for our children as much as it is for the recessive because they need to. Mm-hmm. Blue. Okay, hold on, Tim. Brother, phone drop. Give me one second. I'm waiting for him to call right back in. If I open up your line, pardon me. Oh, that was a click. Here we go. Shit. Give me one second, one second. Oh, 
computer is acting crazy. Hold on, Blue. Give me a give me one second. Man. there is a 
a slot, a position, an identity, a, um, you know, acknowledgement of all four of those characters being quote-unquote queens. If, if nothing else, after the release of her work, the Matrix has gone into overtime. You know, the Matrix responds accordingly. It, it, it has been working ten times overtime to um, respond to, to, to that work. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like using an analogy, right? Are you there? Mm-hmm. How God's and, and the devil had the contract going where they're like, the devil's like, you know, I'm going to snatch some of these children up of yours. And he's like, not my babies. Not my children. Not you know what I'm saying? They love. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah. Greasy about you. He's in the place when you be leaving. <laughs> then, nah, not my babies. You know what I'm saying? My children is the best children. And so he's like, I, you know, if I could flip them, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, you know, yeah, they mind them, put them out on the track. You can't do nothing about that. He's like, man, you're going to have an empty track. And the next thing you come, track popping. All type of traffic. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Devil know your secrets or the secrets of your children. So, Devil done went into overdrive, overtime. And he got this shit twisted out here. Okay? And that's not being judgmental. I'm being observant. You know? And I'm seeing this thing play out to a T. And I ask the people, just like I ask the audience, if this particular diabolical beast, this mad scientist that you're telling me about, is so concise with his scientific experimentation, and his key is genetic mutation, infiltration, you know what I'm saying, and um, infiltration, I probably just said that. What's the first place that he's going to go? How can he get to your genes? We understand the environmental factors of it. You know what I'm saying? The toxic environment. You know, you jumping in the shower, getting the fluoride in you through the water, brushing your teeth. Yeah, we got that. But wouldn't he be talking to you directly through the food? Why are we so deep when it comes to the concepts of breaking down what he's doing but we can't figure out how he's doing it. There's no moratorium on that behavior. Okay? So we know about the drugs. You know what I'm saying? All of these things, from the drugs to the Big Mac, that's you holding a 9 millimeter to your face and pulling the trigger. You know? Devil don't got no M16 to your head, no AK-47 forcing you to hit a pipe forcing you to roll up GMO weed. It's only made from the female seeds, fucking with all of your, uh, you know what I'm saying? Brain it with Lord knows what. <laughs> he ain't forcing you to eat the Big Macs, Frosted Flakes and all of that, you know what I'm saying, compromising your biology. These are willful. This is exactly what they said in that book that everyone says has no relevance. 
That's exactly the game the devil said he's going to play with the children of God. Can you see it? Can you see it? So we need ISIS paper to come to off-Broadway as a play. You know what I'm saying? We need comic books to be written about it. We needed to take on new character, new skin. We needed to mutate. That's carrying on the legacy of Dr. Francis Cresswell said. We need to not stop for one second banging on this beast because if this weekend shows you anything, it's too false and I promise to no one. Paradise to our sister Natalie Cole. Beautiful sister. Yeah. I remember I used to be Beautiful. just enthralled by her beauty as a child. I couldn't believe it was humanly possible for somebody to be so beautiful. You know? And, and and to hear that, you know, I guess around that time, which was unbeknownst to me, but you know what I'm saying, she was struggling with a uh, drug addiction. You know what I'm saying? And, and it started um, manifesting itself on her, you know, you can see it on her exterior, her externals, you know. What kind of drugs? Worn out. Hmm? What kind of drugs? Dope. Like heroin? Like heroin, not dope like oh. weed. <laughs> hmm <sighs> Interesting. You know? Okay. That horse. Mm-hmm. That itch. That itch. You know? That the life of yeah, entertainer. She 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 was suffering um health issues based on that addiction and she succumbed to a stroke as well. Okay. So that was that was that was that was a loss. That was what rung in the uh New Year. So you're looking at the aspect of the mother-daughter connection dealing with the direct connection to Sirius, the mother star, Sophus, okay? Great divine speaks through signs. Third day, you're dealing with this siege by, led by someone named a moon, the hidden one, where they have a standoff against the BLM which in this case, the Bureau of Land Management, which was the same bureaucracy that they had to stand off with when they were in Nevada, mm-hmm. right around the time that the um, Mike Brown situation popped off in Ferguson. So they juxtaposed those two incidents during that time. How can Clive and Bundy have a stage arm militia uh, revolt against the feds? And they responded not once. It wasn't Ruby Ridge. This is the second one. Thing. No, so is now this yeah, this is the second, second one. <laughs> this is his son now. Yeah, like I said, with the same bureaucracy, BLM. Okay, which are the same um, acronyms for Black Lives uh, Matter. Acronyms for Black Lives Matter. You know, and what are he saying? We know they're not going to come and defend this. We're not the least bit worried. Not at all. Something sweet about BLM. 
There's no pun intended. Huh? Yeah, so even with that, all goes back to Francis Quest. The armed resistance, I'm bugging right, I said armed. The visible, vocal, recognizable, youthful resistance of melanated young people, millennials, in this country is led by the LBGT community. I'm not saying it as slander. You know, do the research. No, that's real talk. And um, I, I remember. Let me do. Let me do say this though. Okay, because I don't want to tell any lopsided stories. Like I said, my only interest is when I report to be accurate in my report. When I got kidnapped in May at a Freddie Gray protest in Union Square, the majority of people who were incarcerated. During that particular time, were members of Black Lives Matter, okay, and they called themselves serial protesters, meaning that they prided themselves on being incarcerated around all of these different matters all across the country. A few of them were homosexual males, um, melanated men in particular, who was ready to. Well, say ratchets. You feel me? And they was mm-hmm. making that very, uh, 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 you know, oh, man, oh, yada, 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 whatever it takes. So, you know, um, the 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 um, accusation here is not just because somebody is. LBGT, that they don't have a spirit that would lead them to armed revolution, whatever that is. Because I don't even know what that shit is these days. The lesson that we're learning or that we're seeing in Oregon can be one of two or three or four or five or six different things. The thing about light is that there's only a percentage of it that is visible, you know what I'm saying? The spectrum is only a percentage of it that's visible. That's what the whole red and blue thing comes in. You know what I'm saying? You got the red, you got the blue, you know what I'm saying? UV and uh, x-ray and radiation and all of this. Micro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we might be looking at the situation and only seeing 2% of it, and that's where we're making our judgments from. But we can broaden our sight or our views and say, okay, well, I see them dudes standing on the Constitution. I see them dudes using language that is, <laughs> you know, it's 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 not um, colorful at all. They're talking about lawful. They're not saying anything about legal. You know what I'm saying? They're talking yeah. about, uh, um, you know, they're using that language, you know what I'm saying? And if anybody can identify what that language is, they know exactly what it is that they're standing on, you know? They're doing what if Moors do or would do, you know what I'm saying, or have done, but if they would do collectively, we can probably 
really see a revolution in this country and not necessarily an armed one. We're talking about a lot of walls coming, tumbling down by way of exposing the fallacies and the falses that remain intact and afford for them to run this bankrupt corporation that they're fronting and act like it's a country, right? By doing what the prophet said, and that's using that constitution against them. Mm. Enforcing the constitution. So, some people can say, hey, you know, these might be hired actors that are allowing Obama to come in with the gun regulation. All of it happened at the right time. You know? Yes. And then there's those that are only going to see the quote-unquote race factor. See, the only reason they're getting away with it is because quote-unquote white. That's the only reason, huh? So, not because they're standing on law and exposing the fiction for exactly what it is. These people are cowering. They said, we're here. We got work to do. They said, what you mean you got work to do? We are going to undo the unjust, so in so many words, we're going to do paperwork because they have acquired illegally or unlawfully said property that they don't have any rights to. So we're going to take this time and push all this paperwork, you know what I'm saying, to bounce them up out of here. And they know that they're leaving. So we ain't even got a, ain't no, no sweat on our brow. Hmm. I'm like, okay, this is, a, you know, it's interesting. It's a demonstration. We get a chance to just sit back and watch, non-emotionally. You know, what did the reading say? You can't follow people that are spiritually debunked. It's like the blind leading the blind, all right? You sit back and you see things for what they are, do your homework. But know what you're looking at, at least. Don't get in your emotions. Don't be so emotionally charged. There's always more than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. That's the, um, you know, the, the eventful weekend that I had. Then I went to the Metropolitan Museum. You know what I'm saying? I went to the museum this Sunday, man, and just got my mind blown, bro. I'm saying they had a Congo exhibit there. And, um, you know, I had no idea. You know, I've been studying uh, African art as of lately, you know. And I've just been seeing the 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 multi-contextual, and even if you go on Google, they only give you again. If the spectrum exposes you to ninety-nine percent of available light, they're giving you two percent. All you see is like dashiki prints, and they 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 just acting like boom. Yeah, that's African art right there. That's African fashion. That's African fabric. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're not showing the 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 
the dexterity and, and, and you know what I'm saying, and all of the different variances of our textiles and just how long we've been doing it. Like, they had the Versace patterns and all of that up in the Congo. They had mad stuff. They was weaving stuff out of um, pineapple fabric. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, it, it was yo, it was just mind-blowing, the level and the detail of the fine art that I saw. The fact that they was carving, like, full figurines out of one piece of hardwood. You know hmm. what I'm saying? It was carving... And ivory. Full, yeah, full figurines out of ivory. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it was just mind blowing. You know what I'm saying? It was just mind blowing. Like, just what I was looking at the, the the level of genius that our ancestors had. You know, we're talking 16th, 15th, 16th century. You know what I'm saying? And their reliance on um on nature, you know, when they were unable to physically fend off the Dutch, okay, who came with guns and things of this nature, you know, they understood the principle that there's life force in everything. There's life force in things then you can access that force. Use it for what you need for using the right combinations and dealing with the right processes. So they were able to create these figurines that they called the um the, the kissing condo, right? And by formulating these figurines, um, they were imbuing these figurines with the, the power of the ancestors. You know, and in the modern day context, yes, you would call these figurines uh, voodoo dolls, but these figurines were made from natural elements, right? Or we would call it Palo, you know, iron, resin, ceramics, plant fiber, hide, and pigment. The pigment was derived from specific trees that they had that were indigenous to their regions. They would um, grind these trees out and get the fiber, you know what I'm saying, and make these uh, figurines. Calorie cells were at the, um, you know, these these were the main components that are centralized. They were central to these figures, you know, either mirror, glass has mirrors, or calorie cells. You know, so they had a system, obviously, and they had a deep understanding about how to access these energies and make them work together for protection. And, these figurines were so powerful that the uh, invaders had to enlist outside help. So in this particular paradigm, we would say they went and got black water, okay, but in the cult black water because the black waters and stuff that they was getting, they would double as merchants and um, traders and things of that nature. These was like your 007s and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? And they were coming there. Yeah, they came in there and um, dismantled and disabled, you know, the protection or what have you. And, um, you know, they had to get those things far up out of there. They sent them wide and far, like, get them out. Then they replaced it, of course, with Christ. 
you know what I mean? They came up in there with their band. There's a lot more of a history to it. I got to do my research now. I have a field of research that I'm interested in, you know, because they had a whole section dedicated to um, Christ figures. And the, the Congolese, they was going in. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know if they adapted to it so swiftly and incorporated it, but, you know, yeah, um, a lot of, yeah, it was Black Christ figures and, and <clears throat> some of the first or melanated African, African, yeah. Yeah, some of the first African kings that were converted were the Congolese. King Alfonso the first and third. Ali Muhammad talks about this in um, his one of his books, The Yellow Cover. Uh, I believe it was the book that dealt with uh, Moorish history, I believe. So the Congolese, yeah. uh, by way of Portugal. I got, I got, yeah. I got pictures of some Congos that are dressed like Moors. I ain't throw them up yet because they're going to be very controversial. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. are going to be in their feelings. So I want to do some more research first because, mm-hmm. you know, the caption that they got is pretty much like, oh, he was he was just a bitch boy for the Dutch. You know what I'm saying? He was just a lackey. You know? Yeah. He got the guard on. You know what I'm saying? And it's more like he was an emissary, a go-between. But they flipped back. It was converted. Yeah. No, that was that they was had the triple, they had a triple cross. Hmm? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is because they convinced the kings to convert, converting Africans on the continent, and then those Africans were doing the work for the Christians, which was going to yes. the interior and grab the Muslims or the Muslims the enemies of Christendom. So the continuation of the war, of the Inquisition and the Crusades, you know, uh, drifted or rather placed European conquistadors and crusaders, right, on the coast, Pepper Coast, Gold Coast, Ivory Coast, um, Yellow Coast, whatever these coasts were. It was all coastal at first. It didn't penetrate the interior. They always they set up encampments and garrisons and forts on the coast. Then they did their trading. I'm watching the movie right now with um, Leonardo DiCaprio called um, mm. what's the name of that movie? The Reverence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Revenant. Revenant, and that's that's speaking about, you know, the European trappers. Shout out to Detroit. Shout out to the D. We had a very powerful weekend. We'll talk about it in a minute. But Detroit was founded by trappers. It was a fur trapping post, okay, trader. Pins were posed as traders, and they were trapping fur and things of that nature. But at the same time, they were slaughtering and conquering and pillaging. And that was one of the same practices that was followed by the Portuguese and the um, the Spaniards and then the Dutch and the English. They would use that disguise or that guise, like you said, they would come in with Christ, but under the guise of being traders and trappers. So they would set up on the coast and trade, but then do their intel. They would send agents and they would convert uh, Africans to do their spying and their work on the interior and things of that nature. But, yeah. Glad you got to see that, though. Hmm? 
I'm glad you got to see yeah, that exhibit, it, that Congolese exhibit. It's interesting yeah, that we it's all terrible. went to the Met for the Kemetic Armageddon War Conference, and we didn't, you know, we, we sort of took advantage of that and, um, you know, had an exhibit on the ancestors from the Congo. Yeah, shout out to but, Professor Jeffrey, his, uh, his queen, she did a... Um, an exhibit there, I believe, the day before I went. So shout out to her. We definitely have to get mm-hmm. her on the program. She is a legend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, you know that's no longer here. It's left, but the book is still available. Like I said, I'm gonna be doing some more research to get more of a thorough understanding as to what exactly happened here. Because I was, like I said, my mind was blown. This is not the education that they be teaching people. They're trying to teach them that they came into contact with Christianity on the slave ship Jesus. That's not the case. That ain't the case. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So, let's do this, man. You ready? Yeah, first, um, yeah. The uh, title of the show is Hold on. The Oracle Right. I don't mean to cut your wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um shout out to KC the Arch Degree, shout out to Keith Horton, shout out to Brick the yes. Foundation, shout out to Crown, shout out to yes. um <clears throat> my brother Randy Mack, shout out to King our Randy Nandis, yes. King Randy Mack, shout out to the legend uh Nandi. Shout out to Freeway. Um, shout out to yes. New Ever Detroit. Yes. Uh, shout out to Sarah Suicetti and his cousin. Yes. He came through on Sunday and was kicking it with us. Um, shout out to all of the family from the Detroit, Illinois, um, Flint, Michigan, all of the surrounding areas. Everybody that came through was standing room only at 90s on Saturday. Uh, KT to Arch Degree. Shout out to Chief Achille, uh, the brother Chief Achille out of Chicago, Chi-Town, repping. He came through, body bag, KT to Arch Degree. You or, already know, okay. movie preview, body bag. And uh, your brother Red Pill represented for the, 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 the KTL, the family, you know, body bag. And um, we did something on Sunday. As a result of the uh, the request of the audience, we did a part two. Um, both days were taped and filmed, just like the Steam concert, the Steam conference was filmed. But um, yeah. we just got to get a yeah, we got to get a minute. Yeah, we got to get a minute, family, to uh, do the editing. We don't believe in just throwing product out there as it's filmed. We believe in post production. You know, these videos are going to stand the test of time. We want them to impact uh, from three years old up into 80 years old. You know what I'm saying? So we have to apply um, the editing skills and things of that nature to make it, you know, um, edutainment. So that was it right there, Blue. We'll see the family in Miami this weekend. We'll be in Miami with Mama Pill, Casey the Osprey, Red and the Blue on Saturday. Um, then I think we're going to we're going to go to Atlanta. You know what I mean? Brother Sarnetta is going to be in Atlanta with Brother Aunt, and they're going to be doing some things. So I think we're going to shoot to the A right after that. 
and um, make some things happen. All right? Yes, indeed. They were in Virginia the weekend of the 23rd and the 24th in Norfolk, Virginia, at the House of Consciousness. Okay? Yes. So do you have and, the location um, for this weekend in Miami so you can just share it with the family just so they're mm-hmm. hearing this yeah. and passion? And, okay. Yeah, let me pull it up. And the weekend of the Norfolk lecture, how far is D.C. from Norfolk, Blue, again? D.C. is maybe three or four hours. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be having a memorial service for our esteemed elder, the matriarch, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. I believe it's going to be at, um, is it going to be at Howard? Yes, Howard University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so we'll definitely be having tales on that. Hopefully, um, we'll be getting somebody stopped through tonight and we'll share some more information pertaining to that. You know, we do got some special guests lined up for this evening, so we will be able right. to get that information to you. But her internment, I believe, is going to be a family-held private service so the memorial is going to be open to the public. That's going to be on the 23rd, uh, Saturday. You know, it's going to be in D.C. at Howard, all right? And then there's yes, something sir. else that's going to follow that, a 40-day, um, you know, ritual in line with our ancestors do, our great ones. And all of this information will be shared with you uh, in due time. So let me give yes, the um the salute honorary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes. Indeed. Okay. And the ancestors thoroughly be pleased with the life and the legacy of the great one. Dr. Francis Chris Wilson, are set manifest. Yes, sir. So, let's get into it. Uh, the family is in the building. Okay. Uh, shout out to everybody that's in the building tonight with us. Uh, and everyone that will be hearing this show in the archives, salute to you mm. and yours. Okay. So, do you want to read the... Uh, what you call it? Tonight, we will honor Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, who left this realm to become amongst the great pantheon of ancestors January 2nd, 2016. We will honor her legacy, her works, her message, and her memory, the Crest theory of color confrontation and racism, white supremacy, the ISIS papers, and the keys to the colors. We will play excerpts from her last interview, December 29, 2015, and then we are going to open up the line for callers to share. The reason why, I think it's a no-brainer family, but we want to honor the legacy of our matriarch, of our oracle, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, especially, um, like you were saying earlier, Blue, that the timing of this whole situation is is so critical. Like 
it's almost ordained from the ancestors because it's speaking to the community about the importance of never swaying to the information and the message in this microwavable new age era of YouTubisms and, you know, uh, fence riding and swaying of what the purpose is, you know, and multiple voices with multiple ideologies. There's a war of ideologies taking place in our community because remember, keep in mind that wars are simply battles that are fought for an ideology to prevail. When the European came and pillaged in the name of Christian Dome, there was an ideology and a papal bull that was attached to that. <clears throat> the Crusades, you know, and the papal bulls, the canon laws that were enacted by the Pope were the charge that the European actually utilized to push his agenda, his and her agenda forward. Now, Dr. Francis Press Wilson explained to us that underlying and underneath that, there was a genetic biological aspect to the war or the conflict for that matter in right. incentives. And if we look around at everything, like you said, everything is related from the conversations that are taking place in the community to the conversations that are taking place about what's going on in Oregon to the conversations that everything that happened over the last year in 2015, all of the atrocities that we witnessed, all of the um, the heartache and the heartbreak, you know, that our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our lovers, everybody endured as a result of the smacks in the face or the spitting in the face that white supremacy afforded our people last year, okay? You know, most recently, the unjust or rather the justified killing of a 12-year-old with a BB gun who got shot two seconds flat. And then there's a group of 150 grown-ass European pilgrims on native aboriginal land threatening. They're not, they're, they're not just out there barbecuing and tweeting or twerking and whatnot. They're threatening the government, okay? They're putting videos out. They're using... Colorful, they're using language that will imply that they're ready to die yeah. and kill. Mm-hmm. It's threat. It's, it's you know because nobody's just going to stand there and die. So no, they, instead they, of us, right. one thing that I'm that, that may not happen is the message that our sister left us might not necessarily, you know be um, heard in the community. There may be so many voices that want to be heard to speak about our answer, her voice, her voice, not your voice, not our voice, not his or her voice, but Dr. Franz Kress Wilson's voice has to be heard. Her message has to be heeded. It makes no sense to go to D.C., or you know, to get the 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 the, the uh, to go to D.C. to honor, you know, to put a face on your Instagram and things of that nature, and she left instructions 
clear instructions. One thing about Dr. Prince Trust Wilson is she was clear and concise in her message. It, did, it was not all over the place. She was one of the um, elders who believed in making it plain, okay? And her yeah. message is very plain. And it says, because of genetics, right? And I'm the one who, when it became clear to me that we are in a race and we belong to the human race, right, who Mm -hmm. is involved in a race with another race who's in quest, whose humanity or whose proof of human existence is in question. We are actually in a race with that race to make it to the finish line, whatever that finish line may be. They have in their mind, and they have in their mind's eye, a finish line. They are racing relentlessly against all other races. There's only one race. That's the human race that derives from the loins and the wombs of the original man and woman. You can't tell that to them, though. That's not how they're moving. They're moving like they're a superior race who has the right, like they're yeah. saying in Oregon. That they language the right in Oregon, they was cooking it. They was cooking, they was cooking they those was, terms, boy. They was cooking them terms up. They was, just, they was, they was, they was uh, uh, meshing and melding terms and hijacking that. <laughs> Swagger jacking. High plane drifting. Yeah. Look, this us. <laughs> <laughs> we got the guns. <laughs> hey. Oh, man. But you, you can't know. have a pair. But you, you, you try to take over a public housing project. Oh, come on. What you talking about? We about to take over black cities. You try to take over black cities. Okay. We on our way to get these black cities, brother. Yeah, they got to answer for that. <laughs> you know, they do have an answer for that. So we witness, you know, or rather, we want the family to hear from the from from Fred, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson herself. You know, so we can't be confused anymore, okay? So we can't waste time contemplating who we are in the midst of this battle and who the hell they are, because that seems to be, we need to get that out. seems like we need to remind the family as to who we're dealing with and why, why we can't deal with them. Because think about it, if we can identify the fact that this race is in a race to make it to the finish line as number one, they're not settling for nothing else. They don't want your silver, and they damn sure don't want your bronze. They're like, yo, you settle for the bronze. We try to be number one, right? And they're starting on you because they're like, yo, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Live with it. They're not interested in, in helping you get to the finish line as number one. They're not interested in seeing you win, and that's a fact. 
Okay? Yeah. And that's they only give you Khaled. They don't want to see you win. Win? Not at all. So, we're going to hear from the Mace Drop, and she's going to lay it down. And then we are going to open up the lines and let our callers call in. Add on. You know, hopefully on a future show, very soon we'll have Neely Fuller. So he can add on. And he can tell it like it is. Okay? And I encourage the family to go online and go ahead and Google Neely Fuller. Junior. Um, yeah. J- Junior. January 4th. 4th. Yeah. And, and the interview will come up that he did it on a radio show in Washington, D.C., um, speaking about the legacy and the message of Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. And he laid it out in plain, you know, plain English. And to uh, some of the interview right now, if there's any noise coming from the interview, you know, I tried to clean it up and whatnot, but there was a clip with somebody's line or something must have been open and it gets kind of noisy, but never mind that. All right, family, without any further ado, let's get into this interview. Tends towards white genetic annihilation. And so. The- Hold on. 450-7876, line 2. D's been waiting for us in Baltimore. D, you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Yeah. Yes, good morning, Carl. How are you doing? Doing great. Yeah, and, and Dr. Wilson, I'm definitely honored to speak to you. I remember when I, I first saw you on a, a video, I think it was back when you were on the Donahue show, and that kind of um, definitely impressed me about uh, your character and how you handled that situation amongst that, that, that hostile environment. But my question is, I wanted to see or wanted to know if you could talk more about um, racism and white supremacy on a global scale. So sometimes we get caught into the um, thinking that, racism, white supremacy is kind of centered here in the U.S. for some reason. And if you could talk more about how it affects us globally, um, yeah, basically how it affects us globally as a system. Well, you know, my uh, analysis is from the time that the people, people classify themselves as white, the white-skinned people in Europe, when they started coming out of Europe and circumnavigating the planet, which they hadn't done before, in their voyages of discovery, what they discovered was every place on the planet was filled with people of color and that Europe was the only place where there were white people. And when the men had sex with the women of color, now they had done that, you know, for Roman times, in the Mediterranean and going into Africa, they could see genetic annihilation, but they did not see that the entire planet was filled with colored people. And once they understood that the world was filled with colored people that could cause white skin to disappear, I maintain consciously and or subconsciously, they designed a system to prevent that from happening. That's the motivation. That's why after uh, formal slavery in this part of the world, uh, and there was so-called emancipation of black people, 
that black men, they had to start lynching and castrating, cutting off the testicles and the phallus of black men. There's no history on the planet of black men castrating white men, showing fear of white men's genetic material. There are no people of color on the planet that ever felt consciously, subconsciously the necessity to do that. That whole period of lynching and castrating black men, that was a whole phase of a so-called movement amongst black people because black men were being lynched just at the thought of a black man thinking about, thinking about looking at a white female. But the system has moved forward where we have to keep the black people in a state of naivete, ignorance, and confusion. And we have to make them keep thinking that they have a possibility to become equal. See, the real issue is that the white people are not genetically equal to the people who can produce color. They have the genetic deficiency of not being equal to the other people on the planet. And that's why they have a system to take care of that. And so if we could ever have a critical mass of understanding on our part, see, each time we say, I don't know why they're doing that, reinforces the system. Each time we say that's not supposed to be happening, we are in denial that we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, that we have the potential to understand. This is why the Attorney General said, are we a nation of cowards being unable to talk about racism? This is the key, people. That's the subtitle of my book. came from a black man, a cold black man, in, at D.C. General Hospital in psychiatry admission. He said, Doc, if we could just find the keys to the colors. I'd made a diagnosis of schizophrenic reaction. But I said, let me listen to this man and try to figure out what it is that he's saying. And he made that one statement with absolute clarity. If we can just find the keys to the colors, because that's what this reaction is all about on the planet. And if our position as black people, if we had took the position, if in fact we are in a system in other words, this is our position as a people. If, in fact, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, not a system of democracy, there will be more and more killings of black people, black men in particular, by the system. Instead of being shocked, why did it happen again? We say, if in fact, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, we will continue to see this carnage. And again, for the white people who say they are not racist, it's your job to get out there and stop it.
and what did the Semites of the Jewish religion find out in Germany? That the German people that they thought they could assimilate with, no, they allowed it to happen. I mean, they were willing participants. And so if instead of, you know, taking the position, yes, there is a Santa Claus. Yes, there are white people who come down a chimney and bring gifts to black people. That's our position. That's our real position. Yes, there is a Santa Claus. Yes, Jesus Christ is white. Yes, God is white. And one day Santa Claus is going to love us. And one day white Jesus is going to love black people. Red, yellow, black, and white, all are precious in his sight. These are all the fantasies of the system of racism, white supremacy. If Jesus was a historic figure, even Billy Graham said he couldn't be white. Not be in that part of the world where they say he came from. He could not have been white. Billy Graham said it. And anybody with any awareness of geography and the demographics in different parts of the world know that he could not have been white. But we just passed the so-called Christmas holidays and the promotion. Look at all of these white images of Jesus and his disciples and the people that lived at that time. You see, but even the Bible says he was the color of burnt bronze. And he had woolly hair, which is why the, the Romans put that crown of thorns on his head, mocking his hair. Right, hold that thought, Doc. Our 500 years, our several hundred years of enslavement. Right, hold that thought right there. 800-450-7876 to speak to Dr. Francis Crest. Welcome. We're going to take a quick break for a traffic update. Come back and take more of your calls right here on 1450. W-O-L, where information is power. This traffic report is brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. If you're traveling in the district, still dealing with very heavy volume to Yeah. You didn't stop that, did you? No, I didn't stop. No, not at all. All right, let's play another one. Dr. Wilson, it seems like these these, these spate of killings of our young people, and they, and, and they seem to be mostly young people, seems like it's happening more frequently these days. Uh, 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 am I imagining things, or is it really happening? And if so, why is it the, the young? It's the younger generation. Well, uh, who better than to destroy than the young because they make the future? But uh, again, this recent killing uh, in Chicago—it's not just the young; uh, it's black people. And I would say, if anything, it's more. Males than females. Uh, Carl, I think that the day we begin to state collectively and certainly as a critical mass that we are dealing with a system 
of racism, white supremacy. And that system is about white genetic survival. And the parallel that we can look at is what happened to the Semites of the Jewish religion in Europe when Adolf Hitler said, I'm not focusing on them because of their religion. I'm focusing on them because they are not white. Now, that was his viewpoint, and he was getting rid of non-white people for white genetic survival in Germany and in the rest of Europe. And we keep sliding away from saying that this is a system of racism, white supremacy. And based on that, it's logical, it's tragic, it's unjust, but it's logical. We don't have to keep saying why, why, why. In Nazi Germany, they could kill people with impunity who were, you know, had a yellow star on their clothing to indicate they weren't white. So they could be beat up in the street, humiliated. Their property could be taken away from them at will. That was what the system was about. And as long as they didn't want to focus on the fact that they could not be assimilated, they wanted to be assimilated and accepted. And you cannot, if your survival is an issue of genetic survival, you cannot assimilate people that you say are not white. They have to go. So, so Dr. Russell, is that is that the issue that our people want to assimilate? What, we still want to integrate? Yes, yes, yes. We want to believe we can be Americans. This is what we have been told. This is what, when the years, hundreds of years of our formal enslavement, you know, we want those chains off, and we want to be accepted as Americans. Well, hold that thought right there, because Malik says this is, part of the problem is that uh, we have a black man in the White House, and, and so what we're seeing in the streets is a retaliation because we have a white man in, in the White House, and people think... ...tends towards white genetic annihilation. And so the reaction, I say we are seeing in the system of racism and white supremacy, the reaction to we are not going to have it. We are not going to have white genetic annihilation. And interestingly, it is a complete parallel to what happened in Germany. Because the Jewish people, the Semites of the Jewish religion, they were kept in ghettos and they worked for an emancipation. They were let out. They could go to the universities and they could get different jobs. And then the men, the Semites of the Jewish religion, males, started marrying German women. And at the point that it reached a high pitch, that's when Adolf Hitler Donald Trump came to power to put things back in the order that it needs to be for white genetic survival. And this is why I think that 
it is entirely possible for Donald Trump, who is coming on, he's got blonde hair as opposed to Adolf Hitler's black hair, but he comes on with the same force and the same strength of language about we're going to put things back in order. And this is why people who classify themselves as white respond to him in the way that they do, in spite of what all the pundits, all the pundits we see on the TV and writing different columns, you see, they're shocked because they are wrapped up in the pretense that the system is democracy, not racism, white supremacy, and fascism. But that is what the system is. I didn't make it like that, do you see? But what made it like that is that the white population on the planet are a tiny minority population, and they are genetic recessive. I didn't make it like that. White is a genetic recessive trait. It's discussed in genetics as a genetic deficiency state because of the inability to produce skin pigmentation, which is the norm for human beings on the planet. So they could be genetically annihilated, and their whole history has been about white genetic survival. And that is why there cannot be the embrace and in the incorporation of people of color. And black people have the highest genetic potential to cause white genetic annihilation. And the response is the gun. The response is we have to be able to kill them with impunity. And that's what we see happening in the court system. It's not the police acting on their own. They are just employees of in the system framework. Just like the, the segment of the system or the aspect of the system that controls employment and says no black men are not going to have jobs. Now, we can put them in jail and spend forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year keeping one in jail, but we're not going to give them jobs so that they can function effectively as husbands and fathers and the people can be a strong black community. We can't have that and simultaneously have white genetic survival. It's just a genetic equation, a demographic equation that nobody wants to face. And so we don't have any leadership that says racism, white supremacy is the problem. That's not going to happen. That's the thing that wants to be hidden more than anything else. So, Dr. Russell, what we see happening right now with these altercations with the police officers and our young people being killed, and then the officers go to court and no indictments, this, you're basically saying this is going to continue? I would say that the the most important card that can be played to put it in check is to call it for what it is. 
as long as we don't want to say we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, and the system pays a lot of money so that that doesn't get stated. And I say, you know, I've said before, that's why at this point, the most, the what, the greatest enemy of the system is labeled ISIS because the ISIS papers, more than any other book, lays out with clarity what the system is about in terms of its genetic survival. And so somehow, magically, what's called the greatest enemy of the West is ISIS, and their training manual referred to as the ISIS papers. Yeah, there you have it, family. There you have it. There you have it. We will. We're gonna come back to some more of that interview. Um, but without any further ado, I want to get to some callers, man. I mean, let let that one marinate. You know, let the message, let the uh, the condensed, okay, concentrated. Uh, amount of information that was in that 10 minutes interview, the 10 minutes of wisdom that our elders shared with us, let that marinate, you know, because sometimes the family is looking for three-syllable words and, you know, the magic trick. No. No. Listen to the message. Understand what she's saying. Analyze both yourself, your community, and your situation, put it on a scale, weigh it out, and then tell me what you get, all right? But what we're going to do uh, before we get back to um, more of this powerful interview is we're going to go to one of our esteemed guests for the night, all right? Yes. A brother who needs no introduction, okay? His, uh, his, line, his light shines very bright. Uh, the brother returned to Blog Talk Radio this evening with a new show, Serious Minds, and I want to yes. open up the floor for our comrade, our brother, okay, Professor Griff, called from the 678-557. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. Peace. Peace. How you feel, man? You good? Oh, man, we feel All better well. now. Yeah, that was... that was that Elevated was, on it. That was, deep, that, that, was, that, was, that was deep from the sister. Um, I know you gave me the instructions that I need to go check that out, but I had to prepare for my show tonight. My right. voice is sounding a little raspy. When you got, when you brothers just played that, I was like, wow. I never thought about it that way. I was looking at it through a different lens. Through a different lens, but to yeah. Hear, to hear that the training manual is the, called the ISIS papers. Mm. I must have got by my radar, bro, because, wow. Yeah. There's nothing else to talk about after that, you know? Yes. And 2015 was the year that they radicalized uh, the image of the female terrorist, okay? So now, you know, and I'm, I'm going to keep it 100, that it worked because I was on a plane from Detroit and an elderly woman, you know, she went into the, in the bathroom in the, first, in, the, in the front of the plane. She had the, uh, you know, the hijab on. 
Right. And she stayed in there too long. You know, and I was looking at the person sitting next to me like, hold on, man. <laughs> I, I mean, it, the the the, um, the propaganda of women, female bombers, female suicide bombers, and female terrorists, it penetrated my subconscious to the point where I had a problem with an elderly lady who had Muslim garb, uh, garb on staying too long in the damn bathroom on a plane. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're, they're paranoid. And, and I think I've often said, I said this with Brother Rich, the problem with white America is white men, not not foreigners from overseas. You understand what I'm saying? But they have to create the boogeyman effect. They have to create the boogeyman under the bed or, or in the closet to deflect. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're masters. They're masters at that. So I think exactly. 300... 300 and some odd terror, so-called terrorist attacks and, and shootings in America, only two were by so-called Muslims. Do the math. Exactly. Do the math. I mean, let's do the ratio. Let's let's just go with the mathematics on it, 2%, right? Right. So they've radicalized or they've succeeded in painting um, ISIS, the, the brand or the group, as a terroristic organization, the number one threat in the world at this point. But 2015, the campaign, that propaganda campaign took another turn because they couldn't necessarily do this in the beginning because we would have been like, oh, shit, they're trying to talk about us. But they radicalized the woman. And that was this, that was the ending. That was not the ending, but that was the beginning of this spell, of this ritual, of this campaign. So now... Sisters have named their daughters ISIS, all right? Women out there, sisters on Facebook, go by the name of ISIS or Instagram and all over the place. So even if you know subconsciously in your mind, oh, it's just a, she's, you know, I'm checking her out. She's half naked. She doesn't have a bomb on. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's not wearing anything. But the possibilities, because subconsciously you don't know if she's down with the program, you're like, I don't know. Nah, I don't think she's American. You know, I don't think she's one of us. Her name is ISIS. Yeah, but but you got to understand two dynamics, bro. Number one, there's more white people leaving the, the countryside of, of America, the rural areas of America where white people live, where black people, you know, you, you can't you can't go in those areas. They're the ones that's leaving the country and getting trained to become uh, fighters for for ISIS. Now, keep in mind, there's one key element that you're leaving out. Um, it wasn't called ISIS in the beginning, remember? It was ISIS. ISIL. ISIL. Yeah. Right. And then, for some strange reason, it took a turn to the left. And then, even when you talk about the San Bernardino so-called quote-unquote terrorist attack, they said it was three white men. Yes. In the beginning. And then they changed the story. So the Associated Press flipped the story from its earlier reports, they said they had eyewitnesses that it was tall, well, well-built tall. white men, and, and they changed. One of the, the same reports you get out of France with the parachuting that um, there were reports of tall Israeli, <laughs> you know, let's just keep it a thousand, you know, mm-hmm. tall European men. The same thing in ISIS. When you go, you know, when you look at certain videos. Some of the propaganda that's being put out, 
Those are Europeans. So when we do the knowledge on the Turks and we do the knowledge on the, uh, on the, on the relationship between the pale Arab and the European, it wouldn't surprise me that Europeans are jumping ship and going over there to be a part of an organization that is that is that has been created as a disruptor to all kind of things. There's all kind of agendas at play, and you got to remember, for the neoconservative Christian, this is part of biblical prophecies. They have to have war in Syria. They got to they have to put American boots on the ground in Damascus. So you got all of these Bible thumpers and these zealots. Of course, they're joining the the, um, the, the fight. Of course, they're being a part of. They, there's all kind of false flags and all kind of other things because what are they appealing to? They're appealing to the self-interest of a Christian and a Muslim that these prophecies have to fulfill themselves. So this theater that we're seeing, you know, that 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 that, that uh, they're putting out, is biblical in its origin. No, yeah, not, not not only seeing and putting out the pro, I think the proper terminology they're performing because this is the play. That's why they call it the theater of war. They're Back. actors. You understand what I'm saying? And they, and they and they're playing it out. And you know, like we always say, man, they 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 definitely playing chess while a lot of us are playing checkers. But I said on Brother Richard's show, I said we need to start playing chess and checkers. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes, <laughs> I'm saying make, make it make it official. Because if we're going to be local, live local, think global, we have to be able to play the chess game, and then we have to be able to play the checkers game with these people so we can make the right moves. I'm right. full agreement, brother. But, brother, yeah. man, you um in an event last year that still resonates with people today, and that was the uh, monumental event that you put on in Atlanta. My mother attended. She's speaking about it all the way up until this evening where you brought forth our grand elder, the matriarch, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson. And, of course, you know, you have a very long and thorough history with her as well. Uh, I understand that, you know, Chuck D is attributing the naming of that um, magnum opus the public enemy put out. Um, Favorite Black Planet was inspired in part by the work of Francis Crest Wilson. So, can you speak on your uh, interaction, uh, relationship, inspiration that you received from the sister and her work? Right. Early on, I became familiar with Dr. Francis Crest Wilson's work. And ever since then, um, I had to learn the language that her and Neely Fuller. Had, had crafted to the point where I spoke certain things into existence. Not only spoke them into existence, I spoke them into my internal mainframe, so to speak. So when Neely Fuller wrote the compensatory code, system and concept, in the workbook, I had to look at it through a whole entire different lens because it was a language I'd never heard before. I knew racism, but I didn't know racism, white supremacy, and then a fundamental working definition of it. And then as I began to read um, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson's work and, and, and listen to her, um, and a lot of – she wasn't a, a speaker at that time doing a whole lot of lecturing. I saw the debate with uh, her and William Shockley, and I said to myself, okay, this has to be put in a way where we can get it to young people. Now, if you read the ISIS papers, the ISIS papers, it, it, it took me to sit in a group, a study group, in order to get through 
I read it again on my own. But by that time, the public enemy thing was already happening. We gave uh, Chuck, as I often do, and it wasn't only myself, it was a few other brothers, Harry Allen, which was the media assassin, James right. Baum, myself and other people that was feeding Chuck some information, um, um, gave him the uh, color confrontation, little small pamphlet that she put out. Um, that must have sparked something in Chuck, and we dedicated and wrote the whole entire album, Fear of a Black Planet, based on Dr. Francis Cress Welsing's work. If you go back to early interviews, we said this, but I guess people didn't catch on. And a lot of times uh, they couldn't find the uh, color confrontation for racism and white supremacy. And we pointed them to the ISIS papers. And um, it was a beautiful thing simply because at that particular time, that's when, when that album came out, that's when I departed from the group, if y'all remember. Right. And that's when uh, Third Base and a lot of other white Jewish groups start making their comments about what I was contributing, including Russell Simmons, Leo Cohen, which is Jewish, and a few other uh, people. But I think they instinctively knew that we had hit on to something, and being that this was the third installment of Public Enemy's career, it was like, wow, I see where these brothers are going. To mention the whole idea of a fear of a black planet, can you imagine that? We just had a total <laughs> black planet you talking about the, the, <laughs> the magnetism. We would draw the other planet. There would be yeah, so much yeah, energy on that see. planet. It's ridiculous. So yeah, planet to see, cause that's what we saw as you going to Harlem, and you would just see seas of melanated bodies. We just was envisioning that the global scale, and that was the right. vision. So y'all right. gave us so the context the, as children. Right, right, right. And when we took the picture at Def Jam, that was shortly after I had the physical confrontation with, with, with uh, Third Base, the white Jewish group that disrespected us and disrespected Malcolm during that little madness they were doing in front of the Audubon Ballroom. So I went up to Def Jam just to check them on that. So shortly after that, we took the picture. We had the world, we had a globe, and then we had a black planet. You understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. uh, nothing, moves without, nothing moves without black people. Every idea... Every creative, everything they do, you understand what I'm saying? They borrow and steal from either from our energy or our creative juices that's flowing that they that they have somehow now put their name on. Yeah, I, I can never understand the third base thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand. I, but I, I was I was perplexed as a child. Teenagers that are all white. I couldn't understand that the young the young black teenagers, but they're all white. Okay, I got right. you. Anyway, um, so. Later on, as I began to lecture and move about doing my thing, I would run into Dr. Francis Crest Wilson. And to make a long story short and a short story shorter, someone told her that we did that, and she said she has never met us. But I don't think you know that she remember meeting me. But you know, I don't wear Professor Grip on my sleeve or my jacket, so I introduced myself just as Griff. She probably didn't make mm-hmm. a connection. You understand what I'm saying? Later on, I sat in her class at Howard University, and someone said, yeah, Professor Griff is in the audience, and she lit up. You understand what I'm saying? It was like, wow. And I heard, and she says, because she had mentioned, she says, I heard the, um, the young brothers from Public Enemy use my work in, in one of their albums. And they said, yeah, well, Professor Griff is right up there. And she was like, oh, okay. So I came down, gave her a hug. And she said, I remember you. I said, yeah, I met you several times. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I've 
And ever since then, our paths have been crossing, and then I had the pleasure of sitting in her classroom again with um, with Zaza. We did a long, we did a, a live broadcast from Howard University, and we were sitting in the audience with Dr. Francis Crest Wellsing, and uh, it was it was a beautiful thing. And we talked to her, and then we managed to get her to Atlanta to do our monumental event that we did, the Divine God of the Principal, um, with Dr. Francis Crest Wellsing as a keynote speaker, along with Zaza Ali and Marimba Ani. Indeed. Now, so, yeah. as our as our elder has transcended into the realm of ancestors, and she's left behind a thorough and complete archive and body of work. Mm. Uh, personally, what do you feel? You know, um, the continuance of that particular work. What should it look like? You know, what what should one, what duty should one be charged with if they want to carry out that work and collectively? Um, how do you see the effects, the backdrop of what it is that she spoke on and wrote? You know, what relevancy does it have in this particular day and time that we're in right now? All of us need to put aside the ego, and we need to take that sister's work. And this is not to negate any of the ancestors that's transitioned we need to take that sister's work, and like I said last night, we need to be. We need to be it. I need to be the ISIS papers. And when you see me and talk to me, that should be the conversation at the water court, on the bus stop, on the subway, on the blog talk. Because we're just not blog talking. This is real, right or wrong. It's real. So we need to. We need to. We need to be the very embodiment of that spirit, of her spirit. She was not loud and rowdy and boisterous. She didn't argue with anyone. She was calm, classy, cool, collected, because she was very sure of herself. You, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? And if you yeah. watch her and how she moved, how she debated, not clowning anybody, not talking about anybody's mama, not talking about frivolous BS, she stuck to the plan. And even when some of the people in Donahue's audience came at her, you understand, she stayed cool. And she got, very, she got the, very, very, very elderly, scholarly stateswoman. You understand what I'm saying? And we need to take our cues from that. And I'm saying all that to say this, that if we're going to carry on the legacy of the great mother, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing, we have to qualify ourselves to teach the ISIS papers. I got to go back now and renew my history and go back over the book and, and, and sit with the gods and goddesses. And we need to yeah. talk about it, ring it out, argue about it, debate about it in love among ourselves. And then when we come out in front of our people, we need to be. I want people to say, man, he sound like Dr. Francis Chris Wilson. You're damn right. You understand what I'm saying? We need to be the very embodiment of that, of that spirit man, and carry the sister's teachings on. Look at, look at this. One book, and she taught for over 45 years. Who has done that? We can't even go back into the annals of history and find a woman that have did, did that kind of work. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So we owe her not only a debt of gratitude, we owe, we owe her our allegiance to align ourselves with her spirit, just like we did Sandra Bland. I mean, people put up pictures on Facebook and 
said, I'm Sandra Bland. We'll never forget her. Let's speak our name. This is how we keep the ancestors alive in us. We speak their name. Now, I don't know if y'all yeah. noticed or not, every lecture that I've done, I broke down the definition of racism, white supremacy, and I put up a picture of Dr. Frances Crest Wilson and her book, The ISIS Papers. Go back and look at any of my lectures. So it's been a long history with me interacting with Dr. Frances Crest Wilson and her work, The Color Confrontation, and her book, The ISIS Papers. Now check this out. On my album, uh, I believe it was Disturbing the Peace, well, probably before that, pardon me, Chaos to Wisdom, Pawns in the Game, one of those albums, I did a song based on her book, The Color Confrontation. And that's what I called the name of the song. It's called The Color Confrontation, based on Dr. Francis Cress Wilson's work. I put it in my book, The Acapella Revolution, so people can get the lesson, so they can get the right. lesson. Now, check this out. One last thing, brothers. It's imperative that we go get her work, a DVD, book, or whatever, because now guess what's going to happen? The enemy now is going to buy the publishing, take it and flip it, and it's probably going to be a training manual somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? They're going to rewrite it and, and, and reissue it so that next generation can, that's coming up won't feel the full effect of what she gave us in her book, The ISIS Papers. We cannot let that happen. We have to go get our work and preserve it. And etch it in stone, not in some physical stone somewhere, but we need to etch it into the hearts and minds of our people. And that's a lesson that we need to learn, um, brothers, that when Moses so-called came down from the mountain with the two tablets and got the, had the law on the tablets, that's symbolic, man. And what is it symbolic of? It's symbolic of these people were so damn cold-hearted that he had to write the law and etch it five inches thick deep into their hearts. That's how rebellious and savage they were. So when he dropped them, he broke the law. And this is how come when you do something against society, this is how come they call it breaking the law. Because Moses came down and dropped the tablets, and they broke and fell apart. He broke the law, the law which was the Ten Commandments. We understand where they got the Ten Commandments from. They got it from 42 laws of Ma'at. Indeed. And that's all I got to say on that point, brothers. I, I, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But that's what it is. That's what it is in a nutshell. There it is. There it is. And I really appreciate y'all you giving know. me these few minutes. I got to get some rest. I'm off to Portland State University. And um, y'all might be seeing me on the news, man, because them people are kicking up some dust talking about Professor Griff can't. Can't speak here, holding up picket signs and all that other kind of madness. But it's about to be on. Where? <laughs> in Portland. Portland. Yeah. Man, you a trailblazer. Right, go out there. Yeah, go out there and dunk on them. Go out there and jam on them, man. But, but, but you know something? They kicked me out. They kicked me off one campus, and guess what I did? I went right on the damn street corner. One, three. I took three steps off a of campus where they couldn't touch me, and I taught right there exactly. on the damn corner. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Right. That's right. We're going to make it happen, man, regardless, one way or the other. I love y'all brothers, man. All right? Love you too, brother. Peace. All right. right, Peace. Salute. Peace. Peace, sir. Yeah, man. All right. 
So it's ten fifty five. All right. Well, what I'm gonna do is uh, let's see. I'm gonna go into one more. I believe you have one more for the family. All right. Let me see. Four five zero seven eight seven six line two. D's been waiting for us in Baltimore. D, you have a question for Doctor Welsing? Yes. Yes. Good morning, Carl. How you doing? Doing great. Already. Might have reached it. Yeah, let's do this, right? Let's go to some callers, and let's see if the family has anything to add on they want to share in the show with some more of the good doctor. All right? That's what we're going to do. So at this time, at 11 o'clock, um, we're going to open up the floor. We had our brother, Professor Griff, Blaze the trail, you know what I mean? Um, open it up. So it's only right that we um, open up the lines for the family, you know what I'm saying, and let the family who is uh, in the building tonight call up and share some thoughts, share some of your experiences, you know, share some of your insights as to the importance of Dr. Francis Quest Wilson, what her legacy means to you, and maybe what the uh, actual message, you know, what are, what are you walking away from the message that uh, she's leaving us, okay? So um, you could press 1. By pressing 1, we'll open up your line and we'll bring you into the call, into the show, all right? So um, feel free to do it at any time. All right, and like Doctor, like Brother Professor Griff said, let's do, let's let's go ahead and support her family and support her legacy by actually going to purchase the ISIS papers, the keys to the colors. All right, I know that um, majority of books are free online these days on Google and other places, you know, and that could be somewhat um, enticing to those of us, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, she deserves her book to be number one on the New York Times bestseller list because she is an author. Keep that in mind. So you may have an aversion toward the New York Times bestseller list. You may think that's fugazi. You know, you want to be on a, whatever other uh, mailing list or bestsellers list, you know. But she's an author. So I believe that authors, you know, when they put their books out, same way that if an actor puts a movie out, they want it to be number one at the box office. You know, they want to participate in that area. And um, we want to um, definitely send a message out to both the youth that are coming up, the elders that are here, and the millions of brothers and sisters who are not familiar with the work. We want them to know, we want them to see that this is the number one seller and let them get interested in the works of uh, Dr. Francis Press Wilson. You know what I mean? And that's how we're going to do it. Uh, do you have anything that you want to add on, Blue? 
about it. Shut it off in a nutshell. All right. Um, I, I just, you know, my whole thing is sharing the information is one thing. Bringing a focus to a message is another thing. You know, but actually, like the brother said, the body in the ISIS paper means that you're now fortifying yourself and creating a defense against these things entering not only your psyche but your stomach, you know. The mutation is taking place at a, uh, you know, at a, at, a, at a gene level, at a cellular level. You know, people are becoming mutated, like I said, if a child's first seven years of um, intake is plastic and sugars, GMOs and things of that nature, then we are dealing with a generation now where we are effectively surrounded by GMO people, genetically modified organisms, you know, and you wonder why there's an increase in people acting plastic or there's an increase in women gravitating towards, um, you know, plastic inserts, lips, but... Breasts, who knows what else? Dig. Um. So we, we we're really in another space and another place altogether. Where, uh, if anybody again understands the broader plans of where they want to go, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, you see the positioning for all of those things taking place. So as is often a time when somebody comes with the clarion call and they sound the trumpet, people have a tendency to not wake up in mass. They have a tendency to even go further into the into the sleep because the minute you become activated, that's when the true test becomes. That's when the quote unquote proverbial devil goes into overdrive. You know what I mean? The lulling becomes super massive at this point. And, and they are able to, uh, you know, flip more and more people on their side. And those people are the influencers, and they make it trendy, and then more people are pulled in. So that's what I see now, just a, a, an acceleration towards um, acceptable, voluntary, gentrification, you know, just skating, you know, somebody, uh, you know what I'm saying, doing things to their own uh, gene chemistry or, you know, bodily constitution that is changing them other than, you know what I'm saying, operating outside of themselves. So there's a lot of work to do, but we have to be real with, our first, with ourselves first. You know, that that defense that you set up has to be, you know, personal, first and foremost, you know, embody this information, but live it. Become skeptical of, of all of these things, you know what I mean, in your surroundings. Not the not where you scary and spooky, see something, say something, and all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Speaking on that, I'm just saying that understand who's preparing your food, understanding who you're eating from, understand who you're trusting with your life. If you understand that his warfare is diabolical, his warfare is chemical and biological, you know what I'm saying? 
it's again like you go to school and in the daytime, in the morning, bully comes, smack you all up around, go up in your pocket, take your lunch money, turn you on your head. You know what I'm saying? You got a black guy, you embarrass, you know, you pee in blood, spitting your teeth out. And then come lunch, you go to the lunchroom, and the same bully is behind the uh, the lunch counter making your food and serving it. You're going to eat lunch from that person too? After you just had a disastrous experience with them, that's the person you, you're going to trust their hands to prepare food that you need for nourishment and, and, and to fill you up with love? Or you going to take one to make, to make you like, stronger not, to beat him up. Today. Hmm? The same food that would give you nourishment to make you strong enough to defend yourself. Yeah, that's the you, trick. You eat that's the trick. That you, you, you might feel that you need that food because you might feel that you need that nourishment to make you stronger, but look where it's coming from. No, that's what I'm saying. You got to ask yourself, like you're making a great point. One would have to ask him or herself, is the bully going to even feed me something healthy enough to, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Right. to defend oneself? He's the one beating your ass and punking you and bullying you and, you know, taking your girl and, you know, taking your lunch money. How then will that man feed you? Hmm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Next time you're hopeful. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to you too. I'm talking to everybody. Yeah. I already yeah. know. You gotta be real with it. So it's just not a game. And we can see the effects, even if we couldn't see the effects of what her book was saying. God damn it, you see the effects of the biological, diabolical, chemical warfare on your people. On 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 at a cellular level. On people, period. Even if it ain't kill people, goddammit. People, period. You know, check it out. That's that's what I would leave them with. You know what I'm saying? You there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But did you say something? Nah, I said that's that's what I wanted to say. I just left it at that. Okay. Indeed, indeed. You know, and, and, and family, you know, a recommendation for me. I've shared it plenty other times, and this is the perfect time to share it again. Go on YouTube and listen to everything. So, if somebody told me. From Nearly mm-hmm. Fuller. Listen to everything from Nearly Fuller. Go and buy his book. It's very reasonable. You can find out all that information once you listen to his radio shows. He has the order information. I, I forget the, the website right now. I can't recite it for you. But the uh, compensatory code, you can Google it. It's been nearly full of Junior's book. You know what I'm saying? And all of the links. Mr. Google will help you out. He got you. Okay. It is. This is where we at with it right now, though, family. This is what we might have to do because um, 
the uh the footage that to what that brother will be calling back in shortly. His line disconnected. Okay. But I would imagine at some point we're gonna take callers, get some feedback from the audience. I know some family out there who have been following the work of Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, maybe even some who've come into contact with her work by way of their timelines this past weekend. The timelines mm-hmm. was lit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm sure that you'll have the um, opportunity to call in and give us some feedback as well. Bang, bang. So, no, I was saying that um, the uh, blog talk is not allowing me to upload the um, duration of that interview, saying that it's too long. I don't know why. And I um, I really wanted y'all to hear her message to the conscious community. That was imperative. You know, so um, I'm encouraging the family to call in if you have anything that you want to share or if there's anybody on the call who was inspired by the works, you know, or if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, as to the work. Well, or if this you is what have you can any... do. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, you can, if your phone is set up like that, you can play the YouTube from your phone, put your phone on speaker, and I believe it's going to carry the audio on your phone. Oh, genius. Yeah, I think that's right. You might have it. Yeah. Let's see. So we'll go into the, we'll we'll go to the uh, chat. Let me know in the chat if you can hear the, um, Clarity. The audio. All right. The audio, if it picks up good. Keep in mind this is being recorded for the archive, so we want to make sure that everything is Trump tight. So if you can hear it clear, just give me a positive, you know, press one. And um, if the sound is compromised, then we'll just go back to the drum board and fix it. Okay. All right. Let's try this out. All right, I'm going to need your help, chat room. Ride with us, ride with us. And it's a time delay, too, so they might not even know. I'm going I'm to, all right, just another option, just in case. No, no, no. All right, try this out. Verizon Hall of Elegance, located at 22 on the that we are in back in slavery, where they would have, you know, the one slave, the other slave, the the women and the children watching the men be humiliated and um, uh, snatched away from the families, snatched away and, and divided. And then the parents learning that, that you know, if you want to control your children, then you got to beat them too, and which ended up happening to me. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've learned that that is still in our psyche. It's still in the psyche of our of our young people because we have well, let, let me stop you here first and then we can ask the question. But I mean, Bruno Snyder was a fake. It's been proven to be a fake. 
I need, we need to listen to the show more often and maybe you'll understand. But what is your question, your direct question for, for Dr. Wilson? Because the little man said it was a fake. We have a guy on who actually wrote it. We have a guy who wrote, pulled the cover off it. But what, what, again, what is your question for Dr. Wilson? My question is how do we get into the psyche of our young men and, and, and undo the brainwashing that has been going on for a century? Thank you. Well, it's, it's getting into this. Lou, how can you hear the can you hear the audio clear? Yes, I can. Okay, so we're gonna rock out. All right. Psyche of all of us, not just the young people. The older people are responsible for what the younger people think and what the older people understand or what we don't understand. It's everybody's responsibility to understand that we are in a system of racism and white supremacy, which is just an extension of former slavery and how we are brainwashed. We have to all understand and we have to help each other understand. There's an African government that says each one teach one. I mean, each, we teach each other how to dance, and we teach each other the latest dirty joke. We need to start teaching each other and helping each other understand this system that is designed to destroy us. And we don't have time to hate. We have to see ourselves at a chessboard, and we're on the black side of the chessboard. And we are responsible for understanding the game and understanding the plays that need to be made and understand what we need to do to replace the system of injustice, which is racism, white supremacy, and to replace it with a system of justice. And I say the foundation for justice is self-respect. Justice is not something that somebody gives to us. Is something that we shape and mold and to put into play because we respect ourselves so much that anything that is about our destruction, we are putting it in check. For example, the system of racism and white supremacy depends upon black people and other people of color being waging war with each other all over Africa, all over the Middle East, fight and kill each other. Help me maintain racism, white supremacy. And if we spend our time not loving a white God, but loving ourselves, and I say that as somebody who was baptized in the Baptist religion in Christian AME, that we have been brainwashed into loving white more than we love ourselves. And so anything that white wants us to do, we do. And take the guns that they manufacture, take the drugs that they manufacture, and use it amongst ourselves. And we have to understand, I mean, we even have to understand, when should black people be reproducing themselves under the condition of racism and white supremacy? I say they need to be married and they need to be in their 30s. So they don't bring children in the world that they cannot take care of because when you can't take care of children, those children end up waging war against their own people because they were treated with disregard. Mm. And I said, if you play with sex, the joke is on the offspring. Mm. 
Hold on one minute. Give me a second, family. Let me get right back to it. While we wait, you know. Give me one second, though. Let me pull this interview back. Anything you want to add on, Brother Blue, that you just heard? Well, yeah, she was speaking on, you know, the importance of teaching our children at home. And that's not only relegated to, like she said, eight hours at home, homeschooling, you know, school at home, even if after they come home from, uh, quote-unquote, you know, the public school system or school system or what have you, read a book with your child, you know what I'm saying, teach them sequential mathematics, go through some new words, um, you know, um, whatever. There's, there's different teaching uh, methods, there's different things that you could teach your children. Arts and crafts is something that I have found is very effective when I'm teaching my nephew. I look for things that are engaging, things that he's interested in, and I teach him from there. Once I have his attention, I can insert principles. You know, even if me and him is looking at sports, you know what I'm saying, I'm using everything and anything that I can think of as teaching tools. Took him to Chuck E. Cheese this weekend. We had a great time. I was teaching him about, um, you know, how, how to deal with other children and, you know what I'm saying, how to be patient and wait, you know, teamwork, you know what I'm saying, um, how to compete without being necessarily overly aggressive in this competition, you know what I'm saying, and and he was teaching me how to shoot, you know, you know, shoot uh, consecutive uh, bank shots or what have you, you know what I'm saying, so everything interaction-wise with, with, with children should be an opportunity to teach. You know what I'm saying? It's a lesson involved with with any and all things. You know, let's not necessarily take the recreation out of things, but let's just use every opportunity to teach. You know, teaching doesn't only take place in the classroom. Teaching doesn't have to be boring. Okay? Everything that you're doing, in essence, could be teaching. Let's take them in the kitchen and teach them how to cook. Let's teach them how to wash dishes. You know what I'm saying? Teach them an array of things. Teach them yeah. how to make jewelry early. Austin craft. Teach them how to draw. You know, teach them how to trace first. You know, start teach by tracing their hands. Definitely want to teach them how to fight. You know what I'm saying? You know? So, man, it's, it's, it's imperative when I go to the park. With my nephew, I'm teaching them how to catch. I'm teaching them how to throw. Teaching them how to run. Teaching them how to sprint. You know what I'm saying? Teaching them how to get himself out of uh, uh, certain holes and positions. You know? Don't let nobody put you in a headlock. Don't let nobody put you in a dope fiend. You know what I'm saying? Don't let nobody put you in a chokehold. Break all of that. You know? Elbow to the gut. Elbow to the lips. You know? Stomp on their toes. You know what I'm saying? Shove your head in their nose bone, like, 
drop the weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just different methods, but every opportunity, don't let any of those opportunities pass you by because you never know out here to be that lesson that they need the most. We're literally sending our children into an insane asylum. Sorry. There's just no other way to explain it. All right, you know, let's get to that. We, we, we expect optimum sanity out of our children, our offspring, our, our family within the insane asylum. We're asking a lot, you know what I'm saying? So the least we could do is fortify them. Don't leave them hanging. Yeah. To um, remain of the interview family. All right. Let me know if the audio is on point. If not, I will adjust it. Yes, Courteous and disrespectful 
and I'm fighting this not telling. Just imagine if black people codified themselves into counter racism and just practiced those top ten behaviors. Where would we be as a people if black people no black people we don't kill each other? No, we don't fight with each other. Oh no, that was a long time ago before we understood what was really happening. No, we don't do that anymore. And I add to that list. Stop throwing down trash where black people live, work, and play. Stop making dirt and filth the norm. Because if you make trash, you'll think of yourself as trash. Stop using and selling drugs to one another. Stop black children from thinking that as children they can be adequate mothers and fathers. Believing that welfare will save you, start believing in prosperity. Stop pretending that racism, white supremacy does not exist. Stop being divided and conquered. Stop allowing black, brown, red, and yellow people being divided by white supremacy. And Carl, I want to say this about, you know, the people who have called in, not today, but in, uh, on past occasions, and saying that uh, white supremacy does not exist. Supremacy is who has the ability to kill whom with impunity. of black people 
with impunity. Black people in general, but black men in particular. The proof will when we see the next one and the next one and the next one. And maybe by then we will be convinced as black people that we better focus on a system of racism, white supremacy, and be able to shape and mold our behavior so as to counter it with black self-respect and black courage. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dr. Wesson. I think that sums it up. Uh, and, and folks, Dr. Francis just wasn't. She's told us that. Family, that is the end of the interview. And um, that is her last interview. You know, um, I feel that the information was very clear. Before, hold on, I don't want to be disrespectful. The name of the show is RWS, okay? And that is uh, Carl Nelson Show, all right? Carl Nelson is the host, and you can find that on YouTube, all right? Carl Nelson Show. And I want to thank him right. and his uh, staff for putting together that mic. Hello? Are you there? All right, hold on, y'all. Let me see what happened. What did you say? No, I was checking to see if you were still there. Yeah, my phone had dropped. Callers, if there are any callers who want to add on before we sign out for the night, please press one. If not, we are going to sign off and go ahead and take care of business and things that we have to do. And we will see you on Friday. All right. I believe we'll be in Miami at that point. So, uh, yeah, you'll get a show from a warmer perspective because it's bleeding in New York right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Y'all get in the, um, what's that? Um,
Oh, yeah. My peoples put me on with it. If they told me, check it out, then y'all must be talking about something good. Appreciate yes, you. Indeed, Thank brother. you, brother. Yeah. All right, man. All right. All right. Peace. Yes, sir. All right. So with that being said, uh, looks like we're going to call it a night, family. Okay. Unless Blue has right. anything that he wants to yeah. build on. Let me just put this information out in the public in regards to the venue that we are going to be appearing at. All right. On um this Saturday on the ninth in MIA, sunny Miami. Somebody go run tell Gargamel. We will be in the building. All right. KT degree, Red Pill to Blue Pill, Mama Pill. All right. Give me one second. I'm pulling this up. And shout out to uh, a brother out of Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, a brother who is uh, very instrumental in both the hip hop community and the conscious community out there. All right. Um, the brother lost his life in yeah. a car accident. Made transition, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I had the pleasure of making his brother's acquaintance when we frequented Houston. And, um, you know, he was a very good brother, very focused, uh, active brother. Um, I actually went to one of his shows where wow. he brought, um, what's the brother's name? Bilal. You know, they brought Bilal down there. Uh, brother's name is Zen. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Actually known as Anthony, Anthony Mills. Um, brother Zen, very powerful brother. You know what I'm saying? In his community. And uh, he, was making, he was making a lot of moves. He had his own radio station and a few other things. So we just want to send love and light to his family. We want to send love yes. to Houston. Uh, and all the brother. Yeah. Knowledge is light. Knowledge is legacy. His contribution is work. May you continue from on high. May you continue to uh, imbue and permeate, you know, the living corpses, the vessels that still carry your name in their mouth and their hearts. May your work be continued by your partners, your legacy, strong and alive, you know. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people, you know, they were, they were, they were heart stricken over this loss. So definitely, you know, everybody has something very positive to say about that brother. So, okay, family, the Belafonte, the Kofi Center, T-A-C-O-L-C-Y. That is 6161 Northwest 9th Avenue, Miami, Florida, Saturday, January 9th, 2016, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right, 33127 is the uh, the zip if you need to put it in the GPS. So Belafonte Center, Tocolsi Center, 6161 West 9th Avenue, Miami, Florida, Atlanta Flowers. Three three one two seven. Contact information if you need to highlight anyone. 
You could call KT 404-492-2026 or our Miami contact 954-663-0413. That's 954-663-0413. All right? And like we said, January, the weekend of January 23rd, 24th, we're going to be at the House of Consciousness in Norfolk, Virginia. Definitely hope to see the family down there as well. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. So I look forward to that. All right, we got a call. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and open up the line for the 718. Is this book? Call us from the 718-576. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. Peace. peace, peace. What up? It's Brother Erased from the planet Brooklyn. Erased. What up? What up? What do you do? Uh, I just want to do something real quick and set a real quick precedent. Um, I don't have any of uh sister uh Wesling's books, but I do have that uh Nelly Fuller uh compository book, White Supremacy. Supremacy. Okay. And uh what I could do to set the precedent is is uh being that we talking about uh self preservation and self economics for our people, um, being that people are more than likely are gonna go on the web and look and try and purchase it and spend those dollars with the European dollar economics. What I could do to sway it a little curve into that is is that uh, the uh, book I have from uh, Nelly Folia Jr., what I could do is uh, probably get up with you sometime in the week, give you the book, you could copy it, and anybody that want to give a love offering could offer a love offering, and what could happen is uh, we could take them dollars and give it back to the ancestors that uh, set forth time and hard work and labor and writing the books and we could give some money to Nelly Fuller and to the uh, sister Westling that passed. You know what I mean? We could give a, a straight donation if people real about real about what they're studying and the wisdom and knowledge of the teachers. You know what I mean? So because if we give back to the ancestors financially from this realm to the spirit realm, they have money to when they enter the spirit world. You know what I mean? So they'd be able to perform miracles for us back in this realm. You know, we perform that recipro- reciprocation effect. You know what I mean? It's like Brother Grano said, we're buying ancestor money. So, you know, you could do that. You know, I, that's what I'm offering up for the people that um, maybe want that book right there. You could get up with red or blue. You could get with them, you know, make a love offering. And, you know, the money is going to giving it back to the uh, master teachers that wrote these masterful, wonderful works of uh, scholarly books. We give back to our teachers, and we make sure from now on, before they see their transition, they at least know that their children was able to bear fruit from their wisdom in tangible form and give back so they'll be able to rest knowing that, A, they're on their way to getting them dollars right. That's right. So, you know, that's my contribution. So, you know, you know my you know my digits. So hit me up, let me know, and I'll drop the book off to you. And it's in pristine condition. That. Okay. You that's feel me? All right, All right then. All right. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Peace. Yes, family. 
Um, so Saturday, January 23rd at 5 p.m., all right, we're going to be at the House of Consciousness, 633 West 35th Street, Norfolk, Virginia. All right, Sunday, January 24th, same time, 5 p.m., Health and Wellness Conference featuring your brother, Blue Pill. This is going to be hosted by my brother, Brother Mike, the CEO of Pantherwear. All right, so red is going to be on Saturday, blue on Sunday, Norfolk, Virginia. Be there in the building, okay? That's I did it before. Man, I got a lot of history in that in that region, that part of the earth. So I can't wait to get back there. Or heard? Yes, I did. Yes, sir. Hold on. Let me. My brother hand went up again. Let me make sure. Brother, you raised. Did you want to say something else? Ah, uh, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. No doubt. All right, brother. Is there any Peace. song that you want to leave the family with before we get out of here? Um. Yeah, since we're talking about the divine matriarch, the mother. Let's let's hit him with the I surrender. How about it? All right, family, this show was sponsored by KingsCounty.BigCartel.com and My Power Pieces. All right. SoulGoBiz.com. SoulGoBiz.com. That goal in your life. Are you worth your weight in gold? Indeed. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Is that in the call? Is that in the queue for running? Should be. Yeah. All right, family. Love and light. See you on Friday. Keep the beat real low. Something you can feel, yo. I surrender to your divine ebb and flow. I surrender even when my mind tells me no. I surrender. Hands to the skies, you bet I froze. He had an agenda, pulled his nines, let the weapons blow. Please let me enter, stroll up inside past heaven's door. I remember to survive in this hellish hole. You gotta remember the good times, let the esters roll. Point blank period, like a decimal. Don't be stiff like veins in the heart clogged up with cholesterol. Don't let the load of dirty laundry become unbearable before you decide to air it out like aerosols. I surrender to your divine ebb and flow. Even when my mind is questionable, you've been by my side when my ground was unethical. Hands always in some dirt, up to my neck like a vegetable. I remember the times like it was a spectacle. So my respect for you was exceptional You've been by my side before they showed up To ride their testicles like Ride at festivals My midsummer night thing Electrifying like Bottles full of lightning Backseat of the Jeep Let's swing an episode exciting You know that epilogue by James Todd We play hard to see Who scores the first basket The sister want the blicker so when she say pass it, I your sister Take my shots like liquor The more the better 
We want to score together shit. We on the same squad. I stay hard with the lightning rod piercing through her quasar. I'm about to send her to the center of the universe. Parts unknown. You can even Google this. On Star couldn't even Uber it. I'm too legit. Just bringing you real talk like Tamar. When a tool insert, one jerk of the clutch, and I can move a bitch like Ludacris to make her two lips first. She prefers the SUV with the extra seat removed love. She loves it when I eat her food up, even though she keep it cool, bruh. She not good at keeping shit that makes her nervous. Closely guarded like purses, she wears it on the surface like varicose veins. I loved it when you said you got our palms red and it said we was preordained. Twin flames, here with a purpose with hearses. I got the perfect thing to ease all pain. Think casino, I push up like a beetle. Make a bet on this needle, Miss Cleopatra. Instead the DR came with Jaws and Novocaine and Codeine pills, hope he kills Whatever you feel Right at the root, when in all actuality I got your fruit juice and tree all in one And you can drink the tap Right at the root With my seed tongue like strange fruit That the overflow spill That falling come that hits the granite But never makes a sound Consider that sacred ground The biblical equivalent is when the fallen angels hit the planet And spawn the Nephilim Damn it, you the bomb like Beirut. Hey, you. I surrender to your divine ebb and flow. I surrender. Even when my mind tells me no. I surrender. Hands to the skies, you bet I froze. He had an agenda. Pulled his nines, let the weapons blow. Now I'm in the afterlife with a heavy conscience. I should have exercised every option to uplift the wit. Words of heavy compliments, better consciousness with gems heavier than every continent. Every word carries consequence. Action, reaction. So the fact is she's laughing is exactly what happens that lets you know that you succeeded in letting her know she's exceptional, unquestionable. Let the record show. I surrender to your divine ebb and flow. I surrender. Even when my mind tells me no, it's a heart-to-heart thing. We make beautiful music when we pull on our heartstrings like harp strings. I remember to survive in this hellish hole. You gotta remember the good times. Let the esters roll. In part team, electrical.